0: Happy Friday, and welcome to a new episode of This Week in Apps, the weekly no-fluff data-first roundup of interesting news and trends about mobile apps and games. This is Ariel from AppFigures, and I have five highlights for you today. Actually, four highlights and one analysis. Before we get into that, man, WWDC was this week, and I have to say, I was amazed. There's just so much good stuff, both for developers and also for users. iOS 15 is really smooth. I did install on my main device, which I do every year, and it hasn't crashed yet. The betas are becoming so good. And for developers, we have A-B testing, we have custom landing pages. This is going to be really useful, and it's going to help a lot of developers get more downloads and make more money. Now, I'm going to be talking about all this on AF Chats, which is my live show, next Tuesday. Click the link in the show notes to register for that event. Now, on to the highlights or analysis. We'll start with the analysis. We just published our monthly report that ranks mobile games by downloads and revenue. And the same trends you're already used to if you've been following our monthly reports are kind of continuing. Hyper-casual games burst their way with downloads, while household brands rake in all the cash. Let's see who's doing what. Bridge Race was the most downloaded game in the world across the App Store and Google Play in May, earning a whopping 41 million downloads, according to our app intelligence. This is the title's second month in a row of being number one, with downloads growing 55% in May versus April. Candy Crush closed the list, with 14 million downloads, placing 10th. And the nostalgic favorite, Subway Surfers, it was somewhere in the middle, surrounded by a whole bunch of hyper-casuals. Oh, and Candy Crush was actually the top earner in the U.S., bringing in more than 32 million coins, aka net revenue, from U.S. players across the iOS across iOS and Android devices. Now, I have a whole report that goes into all the details with numbers and everything else that I published, and, and I want to save you time, so if you want, you can go read it. I have a link to that in the show notes below as well. Now, on to the insights. Last weekend, a Hall of Fame boxer and a YouTuber which is also, who's also a professional boxer, took the stage for an exhibition fight, which was streamed by Showtime. Sports equals downloads when it comes to streaming. I look at content makers like HBO Max and Disney Plus a lot, but we can ignore the sheer power sports streamers have. And now, seeing that force translate into downloads and revenue. And remember, it's almost always recurring revenue for the platforms. Not exactly in this case, but normally. Showtime's revenue rose more than 15x between Sunday and Monday with a total haul of more than $1.3 million of net revenue, according to our estimates. Now, again, this is net. All the revenue I talk about is usually net, and that's after Apple and Google take their cut. That's a lot of money that's going right into Showtime's pocket. For context, the previous week earned the streamer just um, $85,000. The previous Sunday and Monday, I should say. There's a bit more to this story, however. The demand on Sunday seems to have overloaded Showtime servers, causing many to not be able to use the app and also the website, to the point where Showtime actually announced they're going to be issuing refunds. And this is where I find everything to kind of come together. Streaming is slowly choking cable. Everyone is moving to their phones, to their iPads, to their Apple TVs to watch sports. And it's a new reality for some streamers. Overwhelming demand means Showtime's projections were off and they didn't provision the right hardware. Could also mean negligence, but I don't think that's the case. And it's one of those good problems to have. The more streamers understand the potential, the more they'll you will see them attempt to get as really as many viewers as they can because they know that attention spans are pretty focused and they can't take them after a different streamer took them. I also think that switching apps to watch different shows is not the same as changing channels on cable. And I think they're gonna see that a lot. So we're going to see a war of streamers. We have already, but we're going to see more of that. And I think we're going to be the ones enjoying that with uh, discounts and and free streaming and such. So we'll see. Now, next on is the top of the App Store, which is constantly changing. Another week, another app ascending to the top of the charts from really seemingly nowhere. Uh, This week it was Voila, a a fairly new app. They were released in March with a not so new concept of turning pictures of faces into cartoons. We've seen a bunch of these happen over the last few, probably over the last few years even, apps that use AI to make your face into something else. So I gave Voila a go expecting it would be just like all those other apps that look really good in screenshots, but then when I upload my picture, they're not really all that great. The thing is, Voila actually delivered. The results were pretty nice, I have to say, and I think that's what's going to earn it even more downloads. The app also asks for a ton of different permissions and tracking, but that's pretty standard for these things right now. Unlike other overnight successes, and I put overnight in uh, in air quotes, Volaz rise didn't happen actually overnight. Downloads have been growing consistently since the end of May from just a few hundreds to over 480,000 across the app store Google Play on Wednesday, single day. That was actually the app's biggest day of downloads, according to our app intelligence. This isn't the first time or the last time that a face changer is going to go viral, and... It's nice ultimately but I think these are the kind of things that come and go. They have their day at the top and then or they're a week and then they go away. But this one is actually kind of nice and kids are out of school now so it's possible this is going to stick around for a little bit longer. Now, is this a trend? This app particularly? No. Apps that change faces into something else? Eh, maybe, but not really. The volatility of the top of the charts, now that's the trend that I see here. We looked at it last week, the week before, the week before that. So it's like every week there's a different app that's taking to the top. And that's really one of the things I love about the App Store. It's how sensitive its algorithm is at showing these trends. Of course, it's a double-edged sword. So if you, you know, easy come, easy go. And you can go up fairly easily, but you will also go down fairly easily. But it's nice to have that ability to go up and down. It's to the benefit of both users and developers. Now, did you see Reddit crack the top 10 most downloaded apps list in the US this week? I sure did. Reddit's popularity has been soaring lately between the need for more news because of COVID and meme stocks because of Elon Musk and a whole bunch of other things. Uh, More and more people see Reddit as kind of a mainstream platform and not just another online forum that they shouldn't even think about. So far in June, daily downloads have nearly doubled, rising from just around 80,000 in May to 150,000 daily downloads this week. The rise aligns with the latest batch of excitement around meme stocks, something that one subreddit is directly responsible for and really keeps giving Reddit more and more and more downloads. This bump isn't nearly as high as the last time meme stocks were all the rage back in January when Elon Musk talked about it and everyone was just flooding uh, flooding the app stores to be able to get stocks. But it is significant enough to say Reddit is slowly creeping its way into the list of platforms everyone knows about. And just kind of a wild thought, maybe not as wild, but a thought. If we go back a few years, there's another platform that evolved just that way, and that's Twitter. It might be a bit hard to remember when Twitter was not mainstream and everyone at least knew who it was, and I don't exactly remember the point where it moved from not being that to being that, but I've been there through, from the beginning, and I remember that it was just something that me and my friends would use and no one else would know about, and now my parents are on it. And politicians are on it. And everyone yells at everyone on it. So there is some sort of correlation. Reddit is very different. I know. I understand the kind of involvement that needs to go into using Reddit versus using Twitter. But uh, you never know. I, I see a maybe here. And last for this week is what I started with, WWDC. Apple's developer conference is ending today. And I, I really enjoyed all of WWDC. I, again, I can talk about this for hours. And I don't want to do that to you now. I'll do it next week. And while I personally prefer the in-person setup from years ago, I think that the more we're, we're stuck home and that's just what we have. And so this was a WWDC by app. Now, here's the cool thing. Apple Developer, the app that developers use to view WWDC sessions, and you probably downloaded it this week at some point, is available for download in the App Store, which means that it is covered by our app intelligence. So I was kind of curious to see if The W, the worldwide, the WW in in WWDC, is actually still true now that everything is streaming. And I looked at the top 10 countries. Our estimates show that the U.S. was responsible for about 47% of the more than 311,000 new downloads the app saw between Saturday and Wednesday. And that kind of makes sense, all things considered. But right behind it, also with a double-digit share, was China with 15% of those downloads. The UK, South Korea, and India rounded up the top five countries. So, so what? You know, it's WWDC. It's a it's a one one sort of a thing event. Um, and I've been going to a lot of those. So, to me, it means a little bit more than just a conference. And historically, if you have been going to these, you know that it was really expensive. And I'm not even considering how much it's going to cost to get to to get to Cupertino, to get to San Francisco back in a day. Um, but the conference itself was extremely expensive, and it was also extremely limited. So for the last probably 12 years, you couldn't really get a ticket just like that. You had to go through a lottery, and it was a whole process. And I think half the time that I tried, I didn't get it. So you think about that, and then you think about how, up until not too long ago, the videos were not live-streamed and were only available weeks after. And you see WWDC as this really exclusive event, and that's all gone. I mean, now these videos are almost live streamed. We have to wait for them, even though they're pre recorded, but I'm okay with that. Um, and you can get them almost immediately. So you have access to all this wealth of knowledge as a developer immediately without having to pay a penny. That's, if you think about five or six or seven years ago, that's totally the opposite. Um, And I think enough developers are excited about this. Enough developers are excited about the Apple platform. And you can take all the Epic versus Apple conversations aside. The App Store is still the place with really the most money. And so for a developer to go into the App Store, it's kind of a requirement at this point. And if you don't do that, you're missing out on a lot. And everything that Apple has done with opening up WWDC and making it less exclusive, I think, is going to pay off in the long term a lot, both for developer happiness and also for Apple's ability to grow its platform. And on that happy note, that's it for me. I hope you like the insights in this episode. If you do and you want to see them for any other app, be it your competitor or your friend or really anything in between, go to appfigures.com intelligence so you can use the same tools that I use when I, when I put together this podcast. And if you want to talk to me at any point, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter is in the show notes as well. Hopefully I'll see you next week at the live event. Happy Friday.